Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We're going to be South Side regardless. Chicago, come to the South Side. Like the fancy island. With your South Siders, Shane Reardon and Gabe Ramirez. We're excited. It's going to be a good time. Go White Side. This is the South Siders 670 podcast from Odyssey and 670 The Score. My name is Shane Reardon, Shane underscore Reardon on Twitter. Uh, that's Gabe Ramirez, Chicago underscore Gabe. You can find the podcast itself anywhere you subscribe to your podcast. Listen to it on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, the Odyssey website, whatever. You can email us at southsider670gmail.com, and we like to get to your questions if they're ever sent in. The White Sox went three and four Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like, we're on a roll here. Um, three back from first place at 500 at the All-Star break, um, playing awesome baseball. Yoan Moncada has 10 RBIs in his last four games. He's absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. Andrew Vaughn a homer today. Josh Harrison homer today. But were you at a re- reggaeton convention this weekend? Very impressed. I'm glad that some, that, of my, some of my Boricuas running, rubbing off on you. Yeah, it was a, a reggaeton fest. They had like some really good, like legendary reggaetoneros that were there. And what uh, does that mean? What is what is like, reggaetoneros? I said like um, like we were talking about some rock and roll, like some rock and roll legends or whatever, right? Oh, okay. So, okay. So reggaetoneros is just the you know people that do reggaeton, right? Was uh was Tito Puente there? Did he come back from the dead? <laughs> That's Sasa, and he's dead, so that's going to be tough for him to, for him to, for him to be there. But it was fun, man. I was in the Jack Daniels lounge, so it was mm-hmm. free Jack Daniels and free Heralura, which is a tequila, Yeah, all the whole time. So I was oh, hell just, yeah. but I'm trash, dude. Three days in, it's like, I felt like I went to the festival, and I was just, it's no dude, point. were you there for all three days? Dude, hosting all three days, the Jack Daniels oh lounge, but it, it was, it was like a that's party insane. the whole time. It was insane. I bet. Better than Lala, I bet. A little low hey. key. We need to, if we had a Sox fest this for this weekend. That's what I felt like I was at. Really? How, how excited are you, dude? How excited are you? Let's just come on. How excited? So, are you? Um, but I am <laughs> over the moon right now. I'm I'm kind of surprised. I, I'm legitimately kind of surprised that the White Sox were able to pull off three of four against a very good Minnesota Twins team with an excellent bullpen and a very potent offense. And the White Sox pitching outside of Lance Lynn yesterday, which I know you rejoiced watching Lance Lynn do what he did. Outside of Lance Lynn yesterday, the pitching was phenomenal. Dylan Cease was a goddamn wizard today. And is it's an absolute travesty that he's not going to L.A. this weekend with Liam Hendricks and Tim Anderson as an all-star for the White Sox. Somebody was saying that uh, like if there was an all-star bonus, the Sox would pay him anyway. I think it was Chuck Garfine. Mm-hmm. And then uh, – and I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if he's getting snubbed because there is some sort of bonus, you know, like some sort of $3 million upage you got to pay. I've Shout out to Dylan Teeth, man. Being consistent. 8Ks today awesome. hit the over on his strikeout prop. 
I was super impressed with it because I keep waiting for some sort of disappointment from him and he keeps not letting me down. It's almost like, um, what is it called? Self-sabotaging my relationship yeah. with Dylan Cease. <laughs> yep. But he keeps coming through for me. And I, I just, I guess eventually I got to just admit that he's going to do it. I told you, I put, he should have put the 50 bucks. You should have put the 50 bucks on when I told you. On him as Cy Young? We're yeah. talking about Cy Young, right? Yep. Plus 15. It's, plus, it's still plus 1,400 right now. That's insane, dude. Really? It, it only went up from plus 1,500 to plus 1,400? Yep. Yep. Because no one's putting money on it, so it doesn't matter. People don't care. Huh. I'm like, as you're opening that. up your hat. I, <laughs> I, I didn't even, I, I feel bad because I feel like I missed the best offensive game of the White Sox season today. Speaks and I were at a Wrigley rooftop with our uh, rep from FanDuel. And I experienced that for the first time ever. Like the, okay. you can't really see a ton of the game, but the experience is killer where it's like free food and free booze and stuff like that. And it's, wait, cool wait, wait, wait. so while I was up at nine in the morning, filling in for speaks, you guys were getting trashed. Damn. Uh, okay. Did right. you fill I in on it. hit and run today? I did. Yeah. You filled on hit and run and then went and hosted the reggaeton. I filled uh, in on, festival? Hit, I filled in on hit and run today. Then I went to B96 and worked from 12 to five. And you track the, to, you track shows today. I went right down the hall, and I did like the first hour live, and then yeah. I was tracking the show backwards as I was there. Jesus Christ, then, dude! Then you left, work. Went home, but slept yeah, like thirty uh, minutes, and then did that. I stayed in bed today until like ten ten thirty. Then walked to get coffee, chilled out, and then walked the two blocks from my apartment to the Wrigley rooftop and just got trashed for free all day. This is what yeah. we talk about when we have two different lives, my friend. <laughs> this is exactly what we're talking about right here. But Gabe, you were making money today. I, I didn't make any money right. today. It's good corporate God money God knows too. this podcast doesn't make any money. I have not seen a cent yet. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but hey, that's like do this you know have do? obligation. We appreciate them because they gave us the opportunity to talk about exactly. Socks. Exactly. Let's 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 pick up from where we left off because last time we talked, we had seen Thursday's game where yep. Quato pitched the gem, yeah, and then Friday. Giolito pitched a gem. Yep. What do you what do you think about his demeanor on the mound that game and just you know him kind of putting the team on his back and holding Minnesota like you said a potent offense to not so many runs. The eyes are back. So we talked about that. Uh, I want to say two months ago, the first time we we didn't see the Lucas Giolito uh, killer eyes where he just peers over that glove and it looks like he's ready to absolutely beat the shit out of anybody within 10 feet of him. The Lucas Giolito eyes are back. The spin rates are up a little bit. The velocity is up a little bit, but more than anything, it just seems like his demeanor and his confidence is completely back. He doesn't, he doesn't look to be overmatched by anybody. When he was having those poor outings, it just looked like he was lost completely on the mound and he was intimidated by anybody that would step into the box. The Lucas Giolito that we know with the intimidation factor and that just the the presence on the mound is completely back. But as long as this offense continues to do what they've done the last three or four days, like that Lucas Giolito is fine. You don't yeah. need the Lucas Giolito that was projected when he was a rookie in Washington or a prospect in Washington to be a, a future Cy Young winner. You don't need that. You don't need Lance Lynn to be the Lance Lynn that he was in wherever like you don't need a dominant Lance Lynn he can be a four or five this offense is finally finding it and I I I don't want to be greedy but it just it it hurts me a little bit that they're finding their hottest streak and now they're off for a week 
Isn't that how it works, though? Of course, right? it's how it works. I mean, you're back to 500. You made a statement, you know, against the lead, or division leading Twins. Gee, yeah, you're right. Everybody's nice and hot, and then you want them to keep it going. And then you yeah, got fortunately Cleveland's still winning. Right, and then you face them at the end of the month, along with the Rockies and the A's, and and you're saying to yourself, okay, those are games you should win. But if the momentum doesn't continue, you know, these guys get to go back home and eat mommy's cooking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A little chule, couple of chuletas are gonna put them. She, mommy's not gonna let them leave whatever island they're going to and, and not fatten up a little bit. They're gonna think they're skinny. But back to Giolito, I thought it was a perfect game for him, Shane, because it was like, like I almost was very glad that it wasn't a blowout because I felt like Giolito needed that type of pressure he's like I, I already want to pitch well but oh yeah oh we only got a one run lead or you know what i'm saying the game's tight like okay yeah i'm gonna be in this like i felt like it got him up for that yep. moment you know what i mean that, that that part felt good but you're right the offense i mean geez just feels good to say home run a couple times yeah yeah you know? it, it just it, it feels good to watch and we talked about it a little bit on thursday but yoan mancada changing to those yellow cleats and yellow batting gloves something <laughs> happened He's a completely different player. He's hitting. I know we said in this stretch of 19 straight against divisional opponents, like a perfect world, they go 16 and three, or Mm -hmm. at least 13 and six. They're a very respectable nine and seven right now. They're a nine and seven in these first 16 games against divisional opponents. You've got three more coming off the back end of the all-star break in it's in Cleveland, right? I think it's in Cleveland, in Cleveland. This is this is as pivotal as pivotal can be. You can theoretically take over first place and or at least second place at the end of those those three games. Like this White Sox team needs to just show what they did the last three days because this is the team they are. The team that they were three of the four games against Minnesota. That's the team they are. True. This is what everyone expected coming into this season. Offensive powerhouse, crush left-handed pitching crush some right-handed pitching, play clean defense, and they did all of that this weekend. Felt good. They did all of it. It felt good. It's like, how do you walk away from that and not be optimistic about the White Sox, even though you've shit on them for the last, not you mm-hmm. specifically, I'm talking about like the whole family. No, I have. Yeah, no, I Shit have. on them for the last two months. And then they do this, and you're like, yeah, dude, this is what we're talking about. Yep. Duh. Like, where were you guys at? What are you guys doing? But you're right. You're getting, you know, power from Moncada is important. It really makes a difference in that lineup. Obviously, we, he needs to produce uh, anyway. But when but it's the power, it's the home run shot. That blast to center field, God, was, uh, that was a fucking awful. piss missile. It was Absolute beautiful. Piss missile. And, and he looked happy. Everybody's happy. You know what I'm saying? That and that's the biggest difference here. The environment has completely changed. And I don't care if it seems like they're forcing it, um, or if they're just trying to show the cameras that are hanging around that they are a happy team after that Bob Nightingale report came out that they're our clicks in the White Sox dugout. Like we talked about it. We've talked about it all season. It doesn't look like Yohan Moncada has enjoyed playing baseball. Yeah. And I, I understand that that comes and goes with success and failure. And obviously it's a lot easier to be happy when you're, be, when you're successful. But I truly believe it, as silly as it sounds, that moment on Thursday night that Jose Abreu slid in the dugout after Yuan Moncada slid it home for that extra run. That was it. That yeah. Jose Abreu showed himself as that nonverbal leader mm-hmm. just to, to show, hey, guys, we're playing a game here. We know right. how good we are. We know how talented we are. Don't let Bob Nightingale 
who's probably talking to Dallas Keuchel, who's a fucking reject. Don't let Bob Nightingale dictate how you feel as players in this clubhouse. Mm -hmm. Because things have completely turned around. And then today, when Yoan Mankata and Andrew Vaughn go back-to-back, the smile on Yoan's face after Andrew Vaughn hit that ball, hit that homer. Yeah. I've I've never seen Yoan Mankata smile like that this season. Yeah. Just I was smiling. I was, I was staring with, with googly eyes when they did that. I was just Dude. like, "Dude, it's it's it's, it, it's great." It it's makes a good it feeling. seem like all of these like these trials and tribulations and all of this anger that we've had so far was completely not worth it because now yeah. they're finally playing like the team that we know they are. Yeah, which is good, right? I mean, you want your team to get hot in the second half, and they're in a prime position to do that. Still, the possibility of being disappointed. You know what I'm saying as the as the season continues on, but mm-hmm. it sure is a it sure is a hell of a good, it sure is a good as hell whatever the fuck launching pad for them right now. You know what I'm saying yep. to really say to themselves like, okay, guys, we are good, we do know what we're doing, we do got good pitching. You know, everybody and like you said with the Brady thing sliding in the dugout, it's like it doesn't matter what click you're part of. You know, you mentioned it. You said it has to be somebody that's there in that dugout. It can't be a pitcher that's in the bullpen. It's got to be somebody there that could loosen up those guys. And again, if you have clicks on that on that bench, you're all, you're laughing at a brave you anyway. It doesn't matter. And that's you know we talked about it last episode. It's what bring that's something that can bring the crew together. And it's really it's really cool to see that because there's only one way to go, bro. Believability is so important. And, yeah. You know, Even if what, you're not what, feeling it, convince yourself you're feeling it. Right. Right. And convince yourself. Is. Yeah, exactly. and you want and, and and it's like a drug, right? Where it's like you want that feeling again. All right, we were laughing, we were having a good time. We don't we don't want to feel be sluggish and look like a fucking group of losers that are not enjoying themselves in the dugout. Baseball's fun; it should be fun, you know what I mean? So it's it, it's good to see that because. But you're right. Now the more you say that, it's like it sucks that they just got to go on this break. Yeah, it's like can't we play some can't can't the teams that don't have any all stars can't we go do some play a couple games, get yeah. a series in <laughs> to, knock, to knock it out man I mean it, um, you can't underestimate the the power of a break you can't underestimate the power of being able to spend extended time with your family right I think sure. that'll be good for a lot of these guys um, but it just as a fan seeing them finally hit their stride and seem like they've figured it out offensively wow. and the approach has been good and the at bats have been good. That part hits a little bit, but like this team is still far from perfect. Um, if they can keep themselves within two, three, four games of first place come the trade deadline on August 3rd, Rick Hahn needs to start hitting the phones, man. This team still needs yeah. a dominant left-handed reliever. They still need another lefty bat, and I'm still looking at Josh Bell in Washington. Like I'm still looking at Josh Bell. I think he'd be a, a phenomenal addition to this baseball team. Okay. You just hit mute. My back? Yep. This team still needs a dominant left-handed reliever and a powerful lefty bat, without a doubt, even if it's just going to come off the bench. Like, Yasmani Grandal is still going to come back. I'm kind of worried about Luis Robert, um, whether it might be vertigo or something like that. Like, he's never had an issue with lightheadedness before. So I'm hoping that worked out over the All-Star break. Elo Jimenez is still incredibly frustrating. Like the guy can't stay on the field for more than three, four games at a time. And when he is, he's just a, he's a menace in the batter's box. And, and that lineup looks so much more intimidating when Luis Robert is in the two hole and Elo Jimenez is in the four or five or, or, or six hole. Like it just looks so much more complete. And that's not just to us as fans. The, the opposition looks at that and they're like, shit, we've got yeah. Robert and Elo Jimenez back in there. Like they still need a lot, but 
if you can sustain for a little while and get to August 3rd and Rickon can work a little bit of magic with whatever assets they have, because it's not many, um, they still need more. It, but it's it just, it, it's, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time even being mad tonight. Like normally coming into a Sunday night, I, I would be ranting and raving and, and a little pissed off and probably a little bit tipsy because I just watched the White Sox piss away some <laughs> kind of lead on a Sunday afternoon, you know, but I'm, I'm know. having a hard time even being mad. It's weird. It's a weird feeling right now as a Sox fan. You're really, you're, cause you want to believe it, but then you're like, Mm-mm. you're Mm-mm. not gonna fool me. You're gonna fool me again. This is cute. Y'all got a little, little one a bunch in a row. That's cute. Yeah. You're, you're, or whatever it was, four out of five or whatever it has been. That's cute. But I'm mean, not gonna let me suck suck you back in. What do you think it'll take? How many like like where do they need to be in order for you to? I mean, obviously we feel strongly about the team and we want them to win. But I'm talking about like. Where do they need? How many games over five hundred? Or yeah, or how close do they need to be to first place in order for you to be like, I told you, bitches, we're going to the, we're going to the playoffs. You know, what I mean? well, they need to be in first place by a large margin. Like this team oh, is yeah. talent wise the best team in the division. There's no reason why they shouldn't be in first place now. There's no reason why they should have started as poorly as they did. There's no reason why they shouldn't win the American League Central. The only reason would be health, and. If they can get on the field, stay a little bit healthier, then there is legitimately no reason they should not be in first place in the American League Central. Like, I still think they win the Central. It's with fewer games than I thought before. I, I thought they were a 96-win team. I think I said on, on Parkinson Spiegel, afternoons on the score, I think I said 96, but this division is so shit. It's yeah. such a shit division. And but But the thing is, like, I don't want just another division championship. I don't want just another playoff appearance. Right. I want a dominant playoff run. And I think they still do it with 87 or 88 wins, but it's just, it'll feel good to get in there. It just won't feel as good as, as if they went wire to wire, like they did in 05, or if yeah. they went pretty much wire to wire, like they did last year. I guess I'd be okay with like uh, the ALCS. I'd feel good with that. If, if, right. I wouldn't feel like, you know, I wouldn't feel like it was a total disappointment if we got all, if we got that far to me, that'd be cool. And then get my heart broken right before the World Series. Instead of losing in the World Series, like, I don't want to get there and lose. So I'd rather just, to the Dodgers, right? So I'd rather just, you know, take my lumps in the playoffs and lose to, I don't know. I don't want I don't want the Yankees to make it either, though. I don't think they're going to. I think some 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 team's pitching staff is going to be able to, to outdo them right there. Yeah, who, I think it's who probably you, Houston. Uh, if it's not the Yankees, I think it's probably Houston in the American League. They're they're too good top to bottom. Like Justin Verlander is having one of those Justin Verlander years at at fifty eight years old, however old he is. He was still hitting ninety nine one hundred today or yesterday. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know. I I forget who was talking about it a couple of weeks ago. That last year the White Sox started super hot and then they spent the entire second half trailing off, but they built mm-hmm. such a big lead that it didn't really matter and the division was already bad. Let's just hope that this is a, a complete reversal of last season. Like it's a slow start, and then they find themselves, and then just run away with it here in the second half. Run away with it in July, August, August, and September. Yeah, I feel like if if you're hovering like right around like ten games over five hundred, then I feel just I'm like oh, then we're a good, then I feel like we're a good team. The fact that you know you can't consistently get over five hundred that's the part that's that's damning. I mean, sure you could win you know games against the Twins and the Guardians, but if you're not you know, playing above 500 baseball. That's just a brutal. Let's talk about a couple of things. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about Lance Lynn. I don't want to talk about the draft, the draft pick. 
because I don't okay. know anything about high school kids who play baseball. Like this is not the podcast to to hear about the draft pick. No. It, 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 you want to learn about the draft pick? You go watch our buddies at Future Sox, Mike Rankin and James Fox. Mike Rankin, who has co-hosted this podcast before, go listen to them talk about the draft pick. I don't know anything about Aurora native Noah Schultz. I know that he's 6'6", 220 pounds or something like that, and people are calling him the next Randy Johnson, but I know absolutely nothing about Noah Schultz. So I'm actually having his pitching coach on the show tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I, I, I tried to get him on, and his agent is Scott Boris. <laughs> he already like, has Boris? He has Boris as his agent, and he's like, Dude, man, he's like, I can't do any rate. Or Scott said not to do any radio until I sign, until I actually sign. And I was like, All right, yeah, man, bro, cool. I was whatever. I was like, I was just trying to get you on the show. You know, so yeah. do your thing, kid. Are you <laughs> hosting after us tomorrow? You're hosting at six I'll tomorrow. Six, I'll be six to nine. So you're missing another softball game, bro. I told you, man. You know, okay. I only got. We 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 discussed this already. We we already. Yeah, went I know we did schedule. it on Thursday. This is like the last one you'll miss. But I guess I know where your priorities are. You haven't been there in quite a few weeks. <laughs> And I took off Friday too. I took off Friday. That's why I think they gave me a hit and run because I was like, I was like, I came with the solution. I'm, I'm all about solutions, not problems, Shane. Yeah. So I never go to somebody and be like, hey, I got to take this day off or I need some. I called Aunt Heron first and I was like, yeah, I got to work. Then I was like, can you jump in for me? He's like, bet. Then I call Ryan and I'm like, yo, solutions, not problems. I got a guy for you. I can't yeah. do, I can't do Friday. He was like, yeah, no problem. He's like, well, Ann said he's not going to do Monday then. So now I'm doing six to nine solo on Monday. <laughs> and and by the way, can you work Sunday, nine to 12? I'm like, yeah, of course. You know what? Got it. I'll be there. Don't worry about it. But Speaks had that doubleheader on Saturday. So I don't blame him for not wanting to work Sunday yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, he had that, yourself, he had that double. Really? Yeah. I would say this. It was pretty funny, you know, because to, be, to have to talk about baseball for three hours is already tough in itself. And then it's, it's like, I got to talk about the fucking Cubs. I'm like, ugh. You know how many times Sean Sears producing? Um, no, Caesar Caesar Perez was. Yeah, so I had a fun time at the show today. It was uh, it was it was it was rough. We had some good good guests. Who'd you have on? Had um, there's this kid. His name is Brian Smith. Yeah, the He's prospects the, guy. Yeah, the prospects guy. Yeah. And I had him on the show like a week ago, and he did really well. I felt like he was just like light i kept them fun you know what i'm saying yeah and so then i i had them because i was like dude i'm not gonna have you come on and be boring i was like I'm, i want you to give me rank them in order your top five prospects you know what I'm saying who they are and then we'll do like a list as opposed to just fucking having a conversation about prospects so i had him on he did well keith law yeah got like keith, fucking keith half good. a million followers on twitter yeah. i didn't even know that he was on then uh lamont pope did some white Sox stuff with us and then uh i had my guy from betql our, our executive producer, Zach Curl, he's a big Mets fan. So we okay. did some gambling, talked about some props, something like that. So it was cool, but geez. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think people realize, and I I don't want to stray away from the White Sox and the All-Star Week too much, but I don't think people realize the jump that you made from hosting mornings at B96 where you, like when you and Nina were together and then when you were solo, your max talk break is like, three minutes if that and when you were solo i'm sure it was even less and the majority of that stuff not majority but you're pre-recording a lot of stuff to air live to go from that to then talk for 20 to 25 minutes at a time three times an hour for three to four hours straight that's it's nearly impossible and i, I think you're doing a phenomenal job having Thank to make you. that shift 
I appreciate that. Yeah, B96, you know, you're you're in and out talking about some dumb shit. Like today, you just, you know, it feels good to be back on B96, I'll be honest, on, on Sundays because you're just shooting the shit, you're just doing your thing. And then obviously a lot of people hear it and then they get surprised because they don't know that you're on again on the weekends. So, you know, that feels good. And, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 that, that shit is not easy. I'll tell you that, you know, having to be, the, the thing about the cool thing about score listeners is that they're so knowledgeable, right? So it, they, they, as a whole, myself included, cause I was, you know, I listened to the score. They, they, they make sure you're on point. So you just feel like you have, you want to make them proud. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like if I was listening to myself, I'd want, I'd, I'd, who's this new guy? Like, I, I want to make sure you know what, you, what you're talking about. Cause if not, I'm gonna eat you alive as a, as yeah. a listener, you know? So that part, that part is uh, pretty tough, but I, I got to be honest, man, as, as a lifelong Sox fan, it pains me a little to talk about the Cubs. I got to be honest, dude, it, it really does. It pains me a little. And I'm just like, cause I always feel like I have like a, I don't, I'm not a hater. I try to be as positive as possible, but you still yeah. got that in the back of your head. Like we did a, of course you do. we did a um, Chicago all-star team at the halfway point. We did that today on hit and run. Ooh, so yikes. position by position. Not a lot of options out there. Cubs or Sox, trust me, they were a lot of them were made for us. But yeah, you know what our, you know our top three rotation was? We had a we had a three-man rotation. It was Cease, Quato, and Keegan Thompson. Those were our Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, it's about the right. It's about it right. Quato's in there, baby. My number four starter for the Chicago White Sox. Do you like All-Star Week? Like, will no. you watch the home run derby tomorrow? No, absolutely you, not. You won't even watch it. Oh, uh, I, I I used to. I used to really enjoy it, but I feel like for some reason or another, it's just watered down a little bit. Does it feel the same? So yeah, no, I won't watch it. I'll watch some highlights. I think there's value in it. Um, I think there's value in showcasing young stars like Juan Soto, like Julio Rodriguez in Seattle that not many people get to watch because he's playing a lot of West coast games. Um, I think there's value in seeing Albert Pujols out there for probably the last time of his career, but Baseball is hurting itself when it doesn't basically force someone like Aaron Judge, the most prolific home run hitter in baseball right, right now, to participate in the home run derby. How do you feel about Major League Baseball and its ability or inability to market its game? Yeah, I think that when you're looking at the new consumer of baseball, you're always going to age people out. And those purists are going to be there and love the sport no matter what. But what you're trying to do is grow it. And in order to do that, the same way the NFL does, you really do have to lean on your stars. Whether they're Spanish-speaking, English-speaking, you see Shohei Atani. I mean, people gravitate towards him. So it's not about the language barrier. It's just Shohei was a, 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 a spectacle all on his own. And then people gravitated towards that. But if they were to just showcase people like that, right, I think, then they'd have a, a, a better job getting younger people, getting young people to say, I want to be that person, right? And the Home Run Derby is a, a great opportunity to do that and to showcase a guy, like you said, like Aaron Judge, where 11-year-olds can look at him and be like, I want to crush the ball like him. And then, you know, then as Judge moves on to different teams, they follow him. You know, so I think to me, that's that's the biggest complaint I have where they feel, there's so many players and they don't take it upon themselves to market the trendy ones like okay I, I don't know dude's name from pittsburgh with the dreads the young guy shortstop that uh o'neill cruz o'neill cruz dude yeah throwing the ball 110 miles an hour across that the should diamond. be that should be 
you know, partner with Taco Bell and do something like that should be high. like an O'Neill Cruz. Like even I think that's cool as hell. The guy from the Marlins, the uh, skinny guy with a lot of power. Jazz uh, Chisholm. Chaz, exactly. Chisholm. Like those are guys that, you know, we, because we follow baseball, know who they are and the impact that they have. But the casual fan doesn't. And it's like no. by not promoting those dudes, you're doing your, your, your business a disservice. So that's the issue I have when it comes to those kinds of things. I mean, but are you in on the game though? Like, the, like no, like I, I'm in on the dramatics of the game. I'm in on the storylines. I'm in on the camaraderie. I'm in on watching all these guys have a good time together. I like the home run derby, and I specifically I've always liked it. Um, I'll probably even as somewhat of a bit do a full preview of the celebrity softball game tomorrow on uh on parkinson spiegel i love the celebrity softball game and it's already been played i think it was played like thursday or friday night or last night or something like that shout out bad bunny shout out bad bunny uh saweetie i think is in it yeah um yeah i used to dude this the celebrity softball game used to be coached every year by harold reynolds and kenny main and mm. they would each be mic'd up the entire time, and they were absolutely hysterical. I love the celebrity softball game, and I am more than willing to die on that hill. I'm more than willing to commit suicide on the hill that the celebrity softball game is entertaining as hell. What so I that, will what, watch. A, go ahead. What was the MTV one? Shock, 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 well, shock, What was it? Well, they had celebrity. It would be like right around All Star time, and they'd have a celebrity game. And it was called. Oh, I'm gonna Google it. Now. I thought you were you would know off the top of your head, but no, go ahead. I don't remember that one. Like we we have a softball game tomorrow, so I will DVR the home run derby and the okay. celebrity softball game and watch it right when I get home because I, I think the I think the structure of the home run derby with pitting each guy against each other is great. Um, I used to like the like the old school, just everybody gets ten minutes and hit as many okay. balls out or ten outs and hit as many balls out as you possibly can. But okay. I like the timing portion of it now, where you you have I think it's was it like one minute or two minutes or something like that, um, or three minutes, and then going bracket style. I think it's great. I think it'll be fun. I love All Star Week. I love the red carpet. I love seeing these guys, you know, kind of let loose a little bit and seeing, dude, like having their little kids come out there and bring them Gatorade. I love that romantic aspect of like the father son baseball experience. That is awesome. So I will enjoy it, but it's, it's all kind of pitted against, well, Dylan C should be there. Like I'm glad that Liam Hendricks was added, but Dylan C should be there. He simply should just be there. I don't understand why something like, Someone hasn't backed out and he hasn't gotten his spot yet, like how they have an NBA and stuff. And it's mind blowing to me to, to see that. Who do you feel has what uh, sport you feel like has the best all star activities, festivities? Well, I, I think the celebrity surrounding NBA All Star Weekend is awesome, especially when it was here. I got to do some, like, I, I was producing a few podcasts and got to sure. record some podcasts with like, Kevin Garnett and Richard oh, Jefferson and shit like fast. that when 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 players were here. So I think the celebrities surrounding that is awesome. But I think Major League Baseball does the best job in in uh, it, with the home run derby and and the game itself, um, especially when it used to mean something. Especially when you were playing for home field advantage in the World Series. Um, I think a lot I, of people don't. I think a lot of people don't realize how difficult baseball is right. because they play at such a high level. And so, you know, you see someone not performing, you just assume that they suck. But yeah. then when you get something like a home run derby, where you're like, no, 
if you just put the ball there and let it roll over the plate, these guys would literally crush it. The same way you yeah. see like Steph Curry make a three when no one's guarding him a hundred times in a row. Like these guys will put that ball into Waveland Avenue every opportunity they'd get if it was a meatball. Like you have to be, you know, so I love the fact that it highlights that, right? That's yeah. like not normal. No one should be able to hit fucking 30 home runs in two minutes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's uh, insane. Uh, what if for like the last 30 seconds of the home run derby, they let you use a metal bat? How sweet would that be? <laughs> How sweet would, would that be? Someone would die in the outfield. One of those little kids with, on like a make-a-wish in the outfield, like shagging fly balls in the home run derby, just take a ball to the head. Dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. That yeah. would be insane. Uh, who do you think would be the best? I guess um, as I'm asking the question, I know the answer. Uh, who do you think would win the home run derby on the White Sox? Home run derby on the White Sox. I think, ooh, I think no. Andrew Vaughn is the purest hitter and has the most control over his swing. So I think if you told Andrew Vaughn you're in a home run derby, see how many fly balls you can hit with power, he would probably do it best. Um, I think Luis Robert would swing through his shoes. Uh, it might be Yuan Moncada, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Nice little pretty swing, put it in the air. Yeah. It, if if you said, hey, you can hit everything from the left side, like I think it might be Yuan Moncada. But I think Andrew Vaughn has the most control. But That's Dylan Cease, also a great hitter. I'd love to see Dylan Cease in a home run derby. I'm serious. Two. I know he could put it out there. I just I know he'd end up with two. Yeah, I think for sure. As I was saying, Andrew Vaughn was the, my initial thought. Mm-hmm. I can see the argument for Luis Robert just, just overswinging too much and not being able to get in that mm-hmm. rhythm. You know what I mean? I wonder if like a Yasmani Grandal or a Bray. Like is a Brayu – he, he would just end up hitting the hard, hitting the ball hard, like in the gap, yeah. twenty-two yeah. times. <laughs> he just hit rockets to the gap. That'll be his natural swing. That'll be a good one. I'm sure they've done that at some point. All right. So do the White believe, Sox. Hold on. Wait, hold on. Do you believe yeah. in the the idea where they say, you know, oh, you mess up your swing when you go into the home run derby? See, that's part of the thing. Like, I, I, I know some guys claim that and like, can you really blame Aaron judge for not wanting to be involved when he's got the best team in baseball right now? And he just wants to focus on whether or not his team can win the AL East and protect himself for the remainder of the season, the playoffs. He doesn't want to fuck with his swing. I think it's a head game thing. I think it's the same as like in little league, when your coach has told you to not swim the day of a game or something like that, because it messes with your muscles right. the hell out of here. Like we would don't have sex all the time. before a fight, those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely the same thing. Don't have sex before a fight. And in little league, don't swim before on a day game. <laughs> same thing. Um, I think it's a little bit of a head game thing. Uh, I, I like, I don't think my golf swing fucks with my softball swing. Okay. So why would I'm going to equate that straight on with a major league baseball player participating in the home run derby and then having okay. a swing messed up for the, for the regular season. I don't, okay. I think it's a head game. All right. Well, it'll be interesting. Who do, who's do you, who are you picking to win? Well, I'd Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber is my pick for tomorrow without a dude. doubt. You're, you're like, it's funny. I was, uh, I had, when we were talking to Caesar today, I was like, dude, cause he kept on picking Kyle Schwarber. And I was like, dude, he's not going to win the home run derby and then rip off his Jersey. And there's going to be a Cubs t-shirt underneath. Like, that's what you're no, hoping no, for. No, no, no. It's, I, I'm, I'm not a Cub fan, so I, I'm not even picking Kyle Schwarber based on um, like fandom or whatever. I'm picking him because I think he's the the best hitter of that okay. crew. And sometimes best hitters equate to like hitting line drives up against the wall and not being able to let loose completely. So maybe he'll just fall on his face and not even make right. it past the first round. But I think Kyle Schwarber uh, wins tomorrow, no problem. Should we get got the dark horse J Rod? That's why I had winning. 
Dude, he's so much fun. I love watching that kid play. Dude, his forearms are like as big as my thigh. It's yeah, crazy. Kid, he's huge. He is absolutely massive. So after a... winning three or four in Minnesota this weekend, a trip that Tanny and I ended up not making. Uh, we got a little spooked because when you and I recorded on Thursday, you're like, uh, or Wednesday, you're like, oh, you guys are going to get COVID for sure. For sure. I just kind of sat there like the score's 30th anniversary broadcast is on Wednesday. Like we have a 12-hour broadcast out in Elk Grove. I'm going to go to Minnesota, get COVID, and then not be able to participate in this 30th anniversary broadcast that we've worked so hard on. And Tanny's like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. And there are a bunch of weirdos going out there. And do we really want to drive the seven hours to Minneapolis only to turn around on Saturday evening right after the game and come back? No, we don't want to do that. So he was able to cancel his hotel. I'm I'm glad he was able to do that. I was not able to sell the tickets that I bought. So I'm Ooh. out like $200 on tickets for both, that for both games. Cool. For, for Two total tickets for, for Friday's game and Saturday's game. So four oh, tickets. Okay. Yeah, like 200 bucks. 50 bucks. Okay, um, okay. But it was it ended up being worth it. So the White Sox make it to the All Star break at forty six and forty six. That shouldn't be a reason to celebrate. But with the way the first half has gone, it is a reason to celebrate. They're only four games back in the loss column of the first place Minnesota Twins, which is a big deal. The Guardians, I don't think, have the pitching outside um, to to sustain. I think the White Sox get healthy, and you get Luis Robert back. You get Eloy Jimenez back. You get this UL Moncada swinging this bat, and I still think they win 88 games. I'm worried a little bit about the Twins' offense and the back end of their bullpen, which is fucking stellar. Like they have a killer bullpen, um, but I'm not that. I'm not as worried, and maybe it's recency recency bias, and they've played awesome the last week and a half or two weeks. But I'm not as worried right now as I was a month ago. This is still, like I've said, the best team in the division. And they're just starting to put it together a little bit. I think they could be very scary. Um, I think they make a couple additions at the deadline. But going into the All-Star break, White Sox at 46 and 46. Third place in the division, four games, three games back from first place, uh, one game back from the second place Guardians. Where do you have the White Sox one month from now? One month from now with the easiest remaining schedule left in baseball. Yeah, I think I got to be honest. I genuinely feel as though one month from now we're in the same position. Battling it out. Back in first place? Um, no, more so just the narrative of battling it out with Minnesota and Cleveland and trying to separate yourselves. But just a little bit, you know, maybe you're a game and a half out and, you know, maybe Cleveland's in first and Minnesota's two games out. Like something's going to change, but all three are going to be a little bit more muddled than they are right now. Okay. Who do you think they make the, do they make an addition of the deadline? You know, they stand my pat co- and try my to sell you that tra- getting his Monty Grandall back healthy is the addition. Yeah, no, no, my my boy uh, that I do a chalk talk with on BetQL, he's a Kansas City nerd. Yeah, and uh, he's saying how Whit Merrifield would be like great for us, second base. It's a fucking nut, nutcase. Doesn't want to play over there. He's like he's on his way out. You guys can get him for cheap. He's and had I'm a bad like, year. He's been really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll change it. They'll, they'll change the pace, guy. You'll get Lurie out of here finally. So that you know, give me. I need a new second baseman, Shane. I can't deal with these second basemen. I don't care if Josh Harrison hit homer today. He's been good lately. Josh Harrison's been swinging a good bat don't, lately. Don't you dare! 
start the Josh Harrison fan, fan fandom <laughs> team. Like, don't you dare, bro. Don't I'm trying to it. find something, man. Like, the good vibes are going around. Like, I, I, I want to be happy with, with this current team. Now you like your team, wanna... right, right. Now you like the team. Yeah. Like, oh, these guys are pretty good, bro. Guys... Yeah. I, I, I want to like, be like, happy. Do you remember our first podcast? And I said, you remember the you know the, the movie Major League, the guys that are beating the drums and the, the bleachers? That's Shane and I. Yeah. That's, that's who we are right yeah. now. Like, they're not that bad. These guys. I'm happy to be good. it. <laughs> what are they? I think it's the construction workers. These guys aren't that shitty. Yeah, they're pretty shitty. <laughs> oh, man. Another great one. So what? We don't get back on until next Sunday? <clears throat> no, I think. We, yeah. No, I think they still want us to do um, an episode during during the all-star break. So may, maybe we'll do one after the all-star game on Tuesday. And, okay. uh, and then we'll be back back with the crew on Sunday. White Sox, 46 and 46, heading into the All-Star break. Watch Tim Anderson, watch Liam Hendricks, and come back against Cleveland on Friday and watch the White Sox take first place back in the American League Central. If you like what you heard tonight from Gabe Ramirez and myself, remember to subscribe to Southsider 670 anywhere you get your podcast, whether it be Spotify or Apple or Stitcher, or wherever you want to listen to our sexy as fuck voices talk Hell about yeah. White Sox baseball. Gabe can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Chicago Gabe, myself at Shane underscore Reardon, and Tyler, producer Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, talk to you later. <laughs>